and welcome to episode 29 of the 90s Club Footy Podcast. This week we are chatting with former West Coast Eagle and Collingwood midfielder Chad Morrison. Drafted to the West Coast Eagles as a compensation pick in the 1995 preseason draft, Chad made his debut as an 18-year-old in round one against Fremantle in 1996. Chad played 148 games in his nine years at the Eagles before heading to Collingwood where he played a further 21 games. In this episode, Chad talks about heading interstate to follow his football dream, lining up with some of the competition's great names, the battles against the Fremantle Dockers, his early adjustments to the AFL system, boxing with Peter Matera, playing with Collingwood and his life after football. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my chats with Chad Morrison. Chad Morrison, thank you for joining me on the 90s Club Footy Podcast. Really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy man over in Western Australia, PT, business, and a lot of other things going on, but great to catch up and, and network with you, mate. Yeah, mate. Uh, it's good, good to be on here, mate. Uh, 90s footy has always been a probably the best time of football, and I was fortunate enough to play in that era. So... Um, I was uh, yeah, happy to have a chat, Trent. It's uh, good to meet you. Mate, looking forward to it. And obviously, we know you from the West Coast days and obviously in the later in your career, the Collingwood days. But before we get into all the footy talk and the reflection, tell me, what are you up to now? I just obviously mentioned the PT stuff, but I know you've got a few other bits and pieces going on as well. Yeah, like when I finished footy, um, I did a little bit of coaching here in the State League with the Waffle with um, some district team Freo, but then just got into personal training. We've been doing that for the last 12 years. Um, and now, now I've just sort of revamped that in the last probably few months. I'm, I'm, it was called Charity Morrison Fitness, now it's called Morrison Coaching because I've found myself get back into football the last five years. So I've got a business where I do a lot of um, football development with young teams, you know, uh, academies, clinics, as well as um, one-on-one specialist training just to try and advance sort of the more elite kids, um, as well as my yeah, personal training, Pilates, and now my wife, she does a lot of sports mindset stuff. So she's joined the joined the crew and she does her yoga as well. So got a good little home business going here. And but also um yeah, run a um, a female football academy called Waffa over here in WA. So myself and ex-90s teammate Ryan Temple as well. Um and then yeah, we're about also both of us are back at West Coast Eagles doing the AFLW. Um I do um the recruiting at Eagles. We're an expansion club the last three years, but just won the wooden spoon, so I'm going really well with my recruiting. <laughs> but um, but we feel now it's sort of turning itself out, and hopefully all the youngsters coming through will, you know, we feel like we're just starting now in terms of our team and stuff to get become better in the next few years. So yeah, pretty busy doing a few different hats, but um, enjoying every bit of it. Oh, fantastic, mate! And just on the AFLW stuff, like for West Coast, that must have been a pretty hard last couple of seasons, just with the things that COVID have come in. And obviously with the lockdown measures that WA's um, had to take on as well, like I wouldn't have thought playing AFLW would have been all that easy the last two seasons. Uh, definitely. Like it's, it's been COVID every, every season. That first season we had was only six rounds, got cut short. Um, and then, then, then the next next year, yeah, same. It was just games changing here and there. And then once again this year, the girls had to go into a hub for, for a good month. Um and that really took its toll. They, they could have won a couple of games, lost by a kick or two against a couple of sides. And then when they come back here, they had nothing left. Um, so, yeah, for us, it's just the season's probably going to come around in August, um, August this year. So it's going to come around quick. 
And um, we've got an exciting batch of youngsters here at WA that we'll get our hands on in the next few years and hopefully we can start climbing the ladder. Fantastic, mate. Now, let's look at your footy journey. A Southern Stingrays graduate, I guess, obviously known as the Dandenong Stingrays in this current climate. You made your way to West Coast, but I guess coincidentally, it was at a, as a concession selection from Fremantle's arrival in the competition. Can you sort of walk me through how this all occurred? Because I know you might have been picked up as a 16-year-old. Yeah, yeah. So 16, it all sort of happened really quickly. I was just sort of went through the Southern Stingrays back then, development squads, and and then um, after under-15s, I played a year up. I played, I played two cup as an underager, and then uh, I was playing Stingrays at the time and playing pretty good footy, and that's when Fremantle was just coming into the competition. So they could um, sign any players that were uncontracted from other clubs, and then I've been about seven, seven guys walked from their clubs from the Eastern States or wherever into Fremantle. And that gave the AFL gave the priorities to seven clubs, seven picks. And um, yeah, and, and West Coast was one of them. The rest of the clubs were all uh, Victorian clubs. And funny enough, we um, I was sort of, you know, in the mix. And then I trained down at Hawthorne um, with Kane Johnson and, and Dave, McEw- um, Dave McEwen. And then they, they ended up picking Dave McEwen, me and John O'Neill. Um, and then Dennis Pagan asked us to go on their um, under oh, their, their preseason camp, and then that stage was cricket finals. I was only sixteen. I'm like, I'm playing cricket with my boys, you know. <laughs> so I said no, and um, so obviously missed my chance there. Then at pick six, uh, West Coast were pretty keen, and yeah, they picked me up at pick six as a sixteen year old. That was in um, back in February um, in '95, and then because I was only sixteen, I. I but definitely wasn't going to leave home straight away. The Eagles offered, but I, I stayed in Melbourne for the rest of that season. Um, finished year 12, played just for the Stingrays again, played a bit of the Cup. And then as soon as um, school finished, I was straight over there, straight over to Perth. Yeah. Fantastic stuff there from Cousins. Off to another one of the youngsters, Morrison's here. They are putting themselves well. He goes long. He's kicked it from 55, 60 metres. Wonderful kick from Chad Morrison. It must have been comforting knowing that, you know, coming draft day, I guess, you know, the, the year later when you already knew you were going playing AFL footy, that must have been quite comforting. Yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy because this, it just happened so quickly. Just back then, the draft age was 17 and I just thought I'd got another 12 months to go before I could get drafted. And then these rules came in with Fremantle entering the AFL and, and then all the same was just bang. And it was just all on. Next thing I was, you know, I had these clubs going around my house and telling me doing this, doing that. And I was like, well, um, reality is here. I'm, you know, I'm probably going to get picked up next year, but it might happen now. And, you know, obviously Matty Lloyd was number one in that in that pick. Um, who else was there? It was uh, Stephen King, um, Geelong, Hulahan at Geelong. Um, Copper Two College, younger brother went to Melbourne. Shui Crockin was North Melbourne. Um, yeah, David Kuhn went to Hawthorne. And, yeah, I was the only one that had to go, to, go west, mate. And, and um <laughs> I'm here now to live for the rest of my life. Were you excited at the time to head over to interstate? Obviously, 16-year-old, I know you had the next year at home still, but were you excited to leave Melbourne and go interstate? You know, Perth, obviously, oh, no, a great, no. great place. Yeah, I was great. Funny enough, at the time, I was um, – my family are massive Hollywood, but um, we used to love West Coast playing in those early 90s. You know, um, you know, it was every Sunday West Coast were playing and they were a powerhouse team and actually loved them. I thought they were, they were actually my, my team. I loved them so much. And then, then when it was reality of 
getting drafted and going over there, I was like, oh, shit. Like, honestly, I was pumped over drafted, but I was completely shattered. So um, the first initial time I went over in October after school and, you know, did the pre-season, I knew I was only there for about six, seven weeks before Christmas. That was fine. But then when I come over for Christmas and then reality was I'm going back for, for good, that was that was pretty tough. The old man sort of put my arm around me and go, mate, you got to go. You know, you gotta, you got to live our dream that we, we all want to do. But it was pretty tough to get on that, that flight um, just after Christmas. Yeah, I bet it would have been. Hey, mate, I'm just thinking first day you've gone through the Eagles doors, pretty intimidating, I would have thought. You know, the nerves would have been up and about, rubbing shoulders with Kemp, Matera, Jakovic, McKenna, Worsfold, May Waring, and, and a heap more. But what a great star start oh. lineup they had. Like, that must have been pretty, pretty intimidating. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Because like, I, I got drafted that year, the couple of games they played in me, I actually went to the game and met the players and just in the rooms that like they were pre- pre- preparing for a game and all that kind of stuff. So met them there, but it was, it was different from when I was obviously coming over. And I was staying with the recruiting officer's um, family when I first went over there and I remember getting picked up from my first training session this uh, Nissan Patrol come up and pulled up in the driveway and I go, who's picking up? It was, it was Brett Hetty. And um, oh, Brett Hetty was probably one of his favourite players at the time as well. And funny enough, now he lived 300 metres down the road from each other. We're actually really good mates. And um, he was the first guy who picked me up. And, um, yeah, it was just went from there. Oh, it was just a whirlwind um, going in the rooms and, and then going out to train over kick. You just you go, oh, I just don't, I just don't want to miss this target. Just give him a kick to kick with Peter Matera or do whatever. You just go... I'm going to make sure I'm switched on here. Not, not too relaxed like you probably know we're at local or at Stingrays. You've got to make sure you hit your targets. So I think you're saying they don't shit. So, um, yeah, so it was, it was pretty pretty intimidating, but the boys are great. They're just such a great, great crew. They, you know, 92, 94 premiers, they're, they're such a connected connected group as well. So I was fortunate enough to go to a club that was really successful. Yeah, Absolutely. Hey, 96 was your first season. Your debut was against the arch rivals in Fremantle. What can you remember about that? Because I guess the early years, I can remember as a football fan, West Coast used to beat the absolute hell out of Fremantle. I guess it was big brother against little brother and big brother never wanted little brother to, uh, you know, to upstage them. And that was what it was like for the first, you know, 10 or 11 contest against the Dockers. But that first one, you know, what do you remember of your your first game against the Dockers and your first game overall? Yeah, it was... um... It's pretty cool because my, my birthday is March 29, um, so it's always around round one. And so I, I, I turned turn, um, 18 the day before my first game. So um, I had mum and dad and the whole family here over in Perth. You know, I obviously got the news probably on the Friday for that Sunday game. And, you know, any other 18-year-old, all my mates back at home, they're all probably on the piss when they're turning 18, but I'm, I'm there, you know, preparing for a footy game. But then... Yeah, just remember, remember starting on the ground um, and funny enough, I think, I was up forward, ball, I was just running around a bit of a, a, bit of a whirlwind and Chris Mayne-Marine got kicked the footy, got hit um, after he kicked it, relayed free kick downfield. Lucky enough, I was pretty close to it, grabbed the ball, it's probably about 50, 52 metres out, went back and, and just nailed it, you know, in first kick. So um, joined the famous club, first kick, first goal. There was only probably about five to eight minutes into the first quarter. As soon as I get the goal, Robbie Wiley, he ran out, he was running as the runner back in the day and um, said, Chatty, you're off. All right, so I bolted off. Mick come down, gave me a spray for something. I go, oh, shit, I just kicked the goal. Um, my boy wasn't man enough or whatever, but 
And then I didn't come back on till probably about the last 15, 20 minutes of the last quarter. So, <laughs> so back in the day, if you're on the bench, you're on the bench. There's no rotations. Um, so I probably ended up playing the you know, 20 odd minutes in my first game. And to go over like the three kicks, one handball, but at least I've got that one goal. Absolutely. And a spray from Mickey Mould. It's just to add to yeah, uh, add to it as well. <laughs> That's tough. I think, I know I only had about three or four possessions, but I think my old man had about 25 beers that day, I think. Yeah, so <laughs> he was pretty nervous before the game, my brothers reckon. Hey, I want to ask you, obviously, Mickey Mouldhouse and the coaching staff must have saw something in you in that first year because I think you played the first two games, might have missed one or two, and then you pretty well played the rest of the season. I think you played 18 games, including the two finals. Why do you think you adjusted to the AFL level so quickly? Like, you know, what was it? Do you, was it a bit of self-belief? You know, you had the mature body. I don't know. What, what do you sort of feel made you um, be a real sort of mainstay of that side that, that first season? Yeah, obviously, I think um, always in the belief, you know, like, I think the fortunate enough being drafted as a 16-year-old, I had that, you know, that year to really prepare myself to uh, to play senior footy. And, you know, having an older brother who was five years older in Melbourne, he, you know, had a pretty successful um, footy career himself at State League and, and um, VFL and all that kind of stuff. And he really sort of locked, I locked in with him. And well, I put on probably about 10 kilos that year before I got, got over here. And... You know, I went from 68 to 78, which was probably a lot back back then. And, you know, I was, you know, benching weights 100 kilo. And, you know, I remember the, the other draftees when they come in for a preseason that year, they started and they're all benching 50, 60. You know, at least I was benching 100. So I was sort of physically good enough to, you know, compete against men. Um, so that gave me a good head start. But then also from there, mate, I, 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 believe, I believe I was good enough. And, I, and the motivation for me, if I, if I play, I get to come back to Melbourne every second week. So that was a really big motivation for me. And and then once once I got in the side, you know, obviously having the trust and faith from Mickey Moldhouse to, you know, give me regular games. Yes, some games I only played, you know, half an hour or here and there. But he obviously gave me certain roles, certain games and half forward, um, kicking a few goals, missed a few that year. And then uh, I know later in that first year I ended up playing um, midfield roles. I remember tagging Cooter out one day and, and that, that sort of escalated me to really, really got me going, I think, because earlier that year, I remember at um, Princess Park, he had that 38 possessions with 20 marks. I was, I was an emergency. I was in the stand and, and like, weird, weird enough, 15 rounds later, I, I tag him and as an 18-year-old and beat him, you know, and kept him to like 15 or 22 and kicked the goal and that sort of really gave me the confidence. Now I'm, I'm ready. To, I'm ready to go now. I'm not just playing a forward pocket for half forward roll. I can mix it with the big boys, you know. So it's good. You almost want this to be all square at half time, don't you? Waterman's kicked a full forward. Morrison. Morrison. A beauty. And this will square it up. It's the comeback from where they were. There's a lot of footy to be played. But, gee, they've given themselves every chance now. And scores are level. Unbelievable. Hey, can I ask you about Mickey Moldhouse? You know, people I've spoken to on this podcast said during the 90s, feedback, coach feedback, you know, it was slowly creeping in as the game got a little bit more professional, I guess, probably towards the latter part of the 90s. What was Mick like as a coach? You know, was he someone that would give you feedback on how you were going, especially in that first year? For me, he was like a you know, like a father figure. Um, and it was support, support, support mainly. Um, yeah, he gave me a quick, quick spray here and there. And but half the time, 
if you know what you're doing, you, you know you know when you stuff up. Um, he sometimes just re- reiterated that, but majority of the time it was just he was really supportive um, and just instilling belief. You know, um, you know, I, I even even my first um, it was Anset Cup before the season started. I, I, the, I hadn't played in the first two games in the Anset Cup, and there was a semi-final against uh, St Kilda up in Waverley. So it was like home ground for me, just down the road in North Dandy. And um, he goes, "How do you feel about playing on Nicky Wimmer? I go, "Yeah, no worries." You know, and then I played on him that night and actually had a really good game. That's probably why I got a game round one. Um, so it's one of those things. You just he obviously throws players out, challenge, and players sees the reaction. And my reaction was, "Yeah, I'm ready." I'm, you know, I'm not going to say no. Or, or, or shit, he's you know a bit of fear. No, I'm, like I was, I believe I backed myself against anyone I played. Until, until the old body was no good anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, during your first four seasons, Chad, the Eagles were still a very good side, you know, playing finals each of those years. Between 96 and 99, do you feel there was one of those, there was one year out of that four or maybe a couple that you guys were probably capable of greater things but just didn't quite get there? Yeah, oh, like I reckon 96. 96, we, um, that's when we had a fair few of us. Me, there's like myself, Cuzzy, Andrew Donnelly. Uh, Phil Matera, we had a lot of a fair bit of change in youth brought into the side around that time, and uh, we lost our first few games. But I think we had a stretch we won about uh, eight or ten of our last twelve games, and we hit the finals really well. We played Carlton the first final. We we beat them by about eight to ten goals. And then back then, the pro Victorian uh, competition it was the ladder where it felt um, they were had, always had a final in Melbourne, and. Brisbane played Essendon, beat Essendon. Essendon were lower than us in the ladder, but we had to go to Melbourne next week to play Essendon, which was a load of shit. And then uh, we ended up losing that game and then we're out. But we feel if we, you know, we finished, I think, third or fourth, we won. If we had, if we had another home final there, we could have went bang, bang, bang straight through. And yeah. we, we, we felt we were good. Like, I think that 96 um, was pretty even, like even 97, 98, especially that late one in the couple, it was such an even little, it was anyone's t- anyone's game in that, that last month of the year. Yeah. And I think in 96, that was that was frustrating. Then 97, I think, uh, we were about a uh, good six goals up against, or five goals up against Kangaroos middleway through through the third. And I think Jared Schofield went down with an ankle, stopped our momentum a bit. Corey McKernan, those bikes got a bit of a roll on and, they ended up beating us by a couple of points. And it was just, there was another one that sort of slipped away. Um, and then sort of the late 90s, I think a few of the old boys sort of were losing their passion a little bit. You know, was, I think talent-wise we're still good enough, but um, the old boys would get a little bit weary. But, um, yeah, we're still a very, very good side. 1999, Mickey Malthouse left to Collingwood. I guess it was a big famous, um, I guess a poach, let's call it a poach. It was sort of like that because Eddie has taken and, and grabbed Mick from more or less West Coast after a decade there, taken to Collingwood. Was that a hard time for the club to to lose such a, a great coach and a great, um, you know, a teacher? Yeah, for sure. He's um, We sort of saw sort of the writing on the wall. The media was coming. Um, they're all over all through that season. And we sort of knew as a playing group, without it being said, probably by about uh, three quarters of the way through the year. I think it was one game against Brisbane and just his reaction was different, you know. Um, and then, you know, um, with also with the publicity, with um, a few meetings behind the scenes with Eddie and a few some things that popped out. Uh, yeah, we all sort of knew that was going to happen. Um, and then, uh, and, you know, it was just 
really he's hardly got a replace. And any guy like Ken Judge ended up coming in, and it was hard to choose the field for him. Um, but it's, yeah, it was pretty tough for the for the next few years. And obviously, Judge only lasted the two years, and then worst role come in. But um, I remember Mick that last final series. We had a pretty we we actually fell away that ninety nine that last three or four games. I think we lost all of those games because I think as a group we sort of we lost the coach lot. We lost we he lost us as a playing group. And I remember that week of that final against the Bulldogs, we sort of hung, they smashed us the year before in 98 in that elimination final. And, and um, Monday we all rocked up. All we saw was boxing gloves in the in the, in the change rooms. And, um, yeah, he, he partnered everyone up specifically. I, I got Peter Matera and he's like golden gloves fast as. Fast as. And, um, yeah, we are all sitting around, we were all in pairs around the room and just sort of doing different little Exercises, but then he grabbed two guys, get in the middle, knock each other out. Just to let go, boys, let's go. So the first two went in there was um, two of the big boys, was Fraser Gehrig and Ash McIntosh. And mate, there's like six foot five, six foot six hundred plus kilos in there, mate. It's bang, bang, bang. Bit of blood power come out and go, this shit gets just got serious, you know. So we all had a turn in the ring. Um, and a few of us had a few black eyes. Um Fat leaps and all the rest of it, but it, def- it definitely sparked our emotions. To uh, we ended up winning that elimination final on, on in Melbourne on that Friday night, and, and that was a, probably a, a great way to send off Mickey. Yeah, did good. you go against Matera with the uh, the gloves, mate? Did you get one? Oh, in or did he get you? Yeah, I, like, I didn't know. I didn't. I don't think shit, mate. Do I throw the first? And I, I sort of go that, and he's just got pop. He's gone shit. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm Danny Mama Street Fighter. I don't, I don't sit back and do golden gloves. So I'm not getting him headlock and just started, just started laying into him. And then uh, he, his eyes went. The next thing you know, it was just for the next minute, it was just it was on. Um, try to protect myself as much as I can. But all I tried to do was, was grapple and try and get those cheap, cheap uppercuts in back. So <laughs> attacking it was Cousins, then Banfield, back to Simmons. They've got a chance here. Morrison's on the end of it. In goes Morrison for his fourth goal of the game, and he's got it. Hey, Chad, I guess the next couple of years after that, you had some major issues. You had a couple of knee reconstructions. That would have been a pretty hard thing to deal with because, you know, I look at the 2000 season and probably one of your best individually, like, and I was looking the other night, you played 22 games. You had 14 games where you had 20 disposals or more. Um, you know, real playmaker. You had 30 on more than a couple of occasions as well that season. And then a couple of years later, after playing some great footy, a couple of knee recos, um, yeah, it would have been hard to deal with at the time. Yeah, I was sort of um, like, you know, I was to play my sixth year, or fifth or sixth year, I did my first knees. So in my first few years, I you know, I had a couple of third best and fairest. I felt like I was just, I was just hitting the peak. And I was only 22 and I wanted to do that first knee. And it just sort of felt like, 120 odd games in, hardly missed a game. Did barely miss a game. Just, just from the first, you missed those first two games, get dropped, but never missed a game after that. And then they just went pop, bang, did that first knee, playing against Melbourne, uh, chasing up Jeff, Jeff Farmer. Um, and then, you know, that next year I thought, oh, I'll, I'll be fine, I'll get back. I still felt pretty invincible and all the rest of it. And then um, that next year, I think it was about round four, I still hadn't played yet. And just from the training track, I was probably had about a, a few weeks from getting back. And just went to you know do a little walk and just a, a train and just popped into the knee again. So I, I didn't end up playing for two years. Um, that was extremely tough. Um, you know, you, you I sort of lost my purpose. Football was everything to me. And um, and then once 
you sort of lose that purpose. You sort of go, you know, I fell into a deep hole. You know, I suffered with depression and still had, you know, still have my days and moments over my last 20 years of my life. I've had certain things and depression sort of has never escaped me, but I do have um, things in place now where um, I manage it and I'm more aware of who I am now. I've got more purpose than just one thing and probably that's why I've got a job where I've got five, four or five different things to keep me stimulated because if one thing in your life goes and goes goes to goes to the shit, at least you've got a few other things that you can yeah. rely on. And, and I think that's what I've learned over the, over the last, you know, 20 odd years in the journey and and um, I'm more equipped now for, you know, any, anything that happens. And But at that time as a 22-year-old, 23-year-old, two days in a row, it was, it was quite devastating. At the end of 2004, you've moved back to Victoria to Collingwood. Can you give me a bit of an idea of how this occurred? Like, was it the club's idea? Was it yours? Was it just, a, I guess, a change of scenery to try and revigorate after the couple of hard years that you had? You know, how did it all transpire? Yeah, it's sort of like it was weird, brother. I remember um, in 2004, like, I ended up getting back and I was actually playing really good footy that second half of that year. I probably got back to, you know, as good as I've ever played. I was probably averaging 23, 24 possessions that last, probably, 10 games of the year and, just you know, more, a bit of a general down that half back. And, um, yeah, just I sort of made my mind, I thought, when I do those two knees, I go, if I'm ever going to go back to Melbourne, I've got to do it now or, or never. And, and then, you know, the club, West Coast, got me a contract. And I just said, look, uh, I want to go back to Melbourne. I want to play for Collingwood. And they go, we'll, we'll, we'll try and make that happen. Um, you know, obviously having a relationship with Big Malthouse at Collingwood. So... That was sort of my main priority to go there. And obviously, your family were all mad coming on as well. So that that came about and it all was quite seamless how it got through. Um, and then once I got to Collingwood, it was just, oh, I just couldn't believe it. Um, and just unfortunately, our first, I think, seven or eight, ten games, it was going really well. Then and pop did my back, I split my L5 disc. And, and then from there, I never really recovered. Um, did my back again the next year, like I did. All the work around it to try and prevent stuff, and and by that by that stage, the second time I did it, um, yeah, I, I had enough. I, like I was only at the age of twenty eight, but I thought oh, I've got the rest of my life to live. Um, I've had a fortunate run, um, you know. I, I want to make sure that I'm I'm still ticking over when I'm old and grumpy. So yeah. <laughs> Hey, mate, I've loved having the chat with you, and I could spend hours with you talking about footy. I just I love it. I'm going to give you a couple of quick handballs. So this one, I'm going to give you five names. I want you to give me just a word or two about each of these individuals that you played with, and it's just a West Coast theme with these guys. So the first one's Chris Mainwaring. Oh, Dad. He was like the dad of the group. Yeah. John Worsfold. Respect. Ben Cousins. Just fun. Cousins fun. Glenn Jakovic. Dumb. <laughs> I love to know why, but we haven't got time to, uh, to get into that. And the last one's Ashley McIntosh. Chill. Favorite game, favorite memory from your time playing AFL, mate? Um, it's really hard. Like, I think I'll, I'll go to one at Collingwood, one at West Coast. Um, West Coast, that, I reckon that final that we won after, after we got bashed each other up that, uh, on that Monday and just the emotion of that coming out with Mick, it was just so much tied into that. That was probably the best best win that I've been a part of from the West Coast. There's obviously many more. Then just Collingwood, just playing in those big games. I think Anzac Day for me, um, 
or the other was we lost that game, but just the emotional that week, my old grandfather passed during the week, and just the last post, it's quite an emotional time for the family that week. But other than that, that game was probably just a coming old Carlton, Carlton clash, playing on Cooter, you know, and we're winning it, and and then just getting in the car after the game and just ringing the old man, and just going, you know, fuck, we did it, man. I like that's lived our dream to play coming old Carlton, you know. So it's pretty cool. Can I ask you who was the best character or characters? that you come across. And I guess I'm speaking about ones you have a bit of fun with, you know, have a couple of cheeky beers with, you know, just talk a bit of uh, banter and all that sort of stuff. You know, who's who's probably one or two that stand out in your time? Yeah, like uh, Brett Hitty's probably the, the best one for that. Like we've been, he picked me up my first session, now he lives down the road. And, uh, he's he is always classic. Him, him, and, him and Dean Camp, like, mate, they're just like feeding off each other all the time. They're just, they, they sort of lifted the group up and they're, they're, they're really good blokes just to catch up and have a beer. And it's, just, it's always fun, lighthearted as well. Um, they take themselves too serious. Uh, Michael Braun is, he was a classic. We, we know each other from back. We started footy together back in at Sildon Footy Club. We were both eight years old. Um, we are in the same school and everything like that. And then funny enough, they, he, went, he went to the country with the Chuka with his family and the next thing they were over here in West together. So that was pretty cool to have him around. Um, but and then at Collingwood, probably Didac was was a good dude. He's a yeah, bit loose around the edges, and, and uh, but a good good fella. Oh, I love it, Chad Morrison. Thank you for taking the time out and having a chat with us on the Nineties Club Footy Podcast, mate. Really appreciate it. No worries, mate. I think it's great that you yeah zoning in the nineties, mate. It was a great area of era of footy. Um, you know these these guys these days. There's so many rules that change have to change the player, and back then there can still be a bit of Bit of hit without that going crazy, but um, it was always always good solid footy by all teams. Reed did it well. It's all happening for West Coast. Robley kicked the centre half forward. Morrison was very good. He was sensational, magnificent. Oh, that's a lifter. Chad Morrison gives it to Mitchell White. We'll kick the last ten goals of the match, West Coast. That's the end of episode number 29. If you've missed any previous episodes, you can catch them all on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We're on all the social media platforms, so drop us a line on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter on any particular episode you've enjoyed or a guest you would love to hear from. Next episode, we'll catch up with former Port Adelaide midfielder, Michael Wilson. It's tough, it's rugged, it's good, solid AFL football. 